Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Soul podcast, where we discuss integration of body, mind, spirit, and how to show up in alignment with your higher self. I'm your host, Suzanne Venus, and I welcome you to this space. Today, I thought it only fair to share a bit more of my story. Inevitably, after working as a spiritual and energetic coach with clients, they will often ask me how my gifts, knowledge, and abilities came to be. And I'll start by sharing some of my innate childhood gifts, and then I skip over 25 to 30 years to my illness journey most recently, about four years ago, and spiritual surrender that brought me to where I am today. While this isn't inaccurate, I've left out two to three decades of growth and healing that have also come about. So as everyone has a story that has shaped them to where they are, I felt it only real and authentic to share my story. So I was the third child um, with a significant age difference between my siblings and I, my sister being seven and a half years older than me and my brother eight and a half years older than me. And we grew up in a rural community in Saskatchewan, uh, for those that are internationally, right in the prairies of Canada. And it was a small community, only about eight or 900 people. I had the same 20 students in my kindergarten through to graduating grade 12 class, um, give or take a few that came in and out. When I was a child, I would see spirits. Now, You've all seen probably The Sixth Sense or can remember that movie where um, they actually saw spirits and that's how it came to me. My bedroom, I would see the same, it was the same couple and I would see them in the doorway every single night for as far as I can remember until I moved bedrooms and I kind of shut it out. Now, interestingly enough, my sister who's seven and a half years older than me, Um, Her and I did not discuss this until I was in my 20s and she was in her 30s and we had a conversation about about this. I don't know how it came about, but I brought it up and I said, yeah, there was this couple that would stand there and I described exactly how they looked to a T and she said, holy shit, they were there for me too. So what I will say is that as children, most, most of us are incredibly gifted empathetic and in tune with the dimensions and the realms that we don't see with our physical eyes and I don't feel any more different or special it's just part of my story and that's usually with clients where I skip and go over to where I had my illness but we're talking about you know 25 30 years difference this is when I was you know four to about 12 that I will remember seeing spirits Um, and there's a bit more depth to get into here So, as I said, I was in a small town. I had the same people in my class. My parents uh, both were teachers at the school. My dad, the principal, my mom, the French teacher, and my grade eight homeroom teacher, my dad, my grade 12 homeroom teacher. So if you want to try and get away with uh, anything when your parents are in the school, it just isn't happening. However, again, my siblings were seven and a half and eight and a half years older than me. And my brother was a genius, no denying it. He, his intelligence and IQ was off the records and he was known for this. 
And then my sister came along and she had athletic prowess and she was also known for this. And it was engraved that my brother was a smart one and my sister was the athletic one. And I was Suzanne, always wanting to be seen, validated and heard, which strove me to an unhealthy relationship with perfectionism and this sense of being not enough which drove me to high achievement in academics, in sports, and just being the kind person or the good girl. Now, when I graduated from high school, to give you an idea, I had played all of the sports. I was a provincial medalist in volleyball. I played badminton. I played fastball and uh, ran track competitively. And on top of this, I graduated from my class with the Academic Achievement Awards in English, Social Studies, French, Algebra, and Chem. Please don't ask me to balance an equation. It's been like 25 years and I haven't got a clue. I also graduated that year in 1997 with the highest average in my provincial district uh, where I received the Governor General Award. And still, I hated myself. I was not enough. I spent the last two years of high school with suicidal ideation, and I was 17 years old when I moved out and went to the nearest city to go to attend university, where I entered into the commerce program to please my parents, to be quite honest. And that perfectionism didn't stop, and when my grades weren't as great as I had hoped or anticipated, I ended up dropping out of university after the first semester, my anxiety and depression peaking. And so I worked and the following year moved closer to where my existing boyfriend lived. And during that time, I attended a college program in that community and the relationship that had been somewhat verbally, mentally and emotionally manipulative continued to escalate. And looking back on it now with age and wisdom, I recognize how deeply wounded this man was, but it was at one point where it got incredibly verbally abusive and somewhat physically abusive that I said, that's it, I've had enough. I moved back to the community where I had attended university and began working, waitressing in pubs, um, attending university once again, taking classes. And shortly after I moved back, I had a very isolated and traumatic event that happened to me. And post-incident, I reached out for support with a couple of trusted people where sadly I felt judged and unsupported, which led me into a shame spiral. And this started into a spiral of partying, and my party go-to was drinking, it was alcohol. And it was just easy to escape and numb. I did this for a couple of years even, deciding that I would literally escape the country to try and subdue some of this internal pain that was happening, going to Australia and coming back. And yet still, that pain, that trauma, that event, the feeling of not enough, the feeling of hating myself continued to grow and so I decided at 21 years old that 
I would try and end that pain. And by ending that pain, I would do so with a bottle of pills combined with a bottle of vodka. This landed me in the hospital for quite some time, seeing a psychiatrist and on a plethora of pills for depression and anxiety. I managed to graduate with a bachelor in education from the University of Saskatchewan, which is in Saskatoon, and excelled. I've always been able to excel. My husband and I moved to Edmonton where he was working and I immediately got hired on with the board to teach again climbing that ladder being groomed into going into leadership positions always being pushed to grow further and further and exceeding my perfectionist tendencies every night I would come home from work and with that anxiety and depression still lingering and feeling not enough, I would self-medicate with half a bottle of wine as a feeling of deservingness after a hard day or to numb out the exhaustion and binge drinking on the weekends. This continued through my 20s until one day I had enough of it and decided it was time that I wanted to bring a life into this world and was easily able to conceive and get pregnant with my daughter, thankfully. I hated my pregnancy, not because it was challenging. I didn't vomit once. I was able to exercise. I was physically doing great, but my anxiety spiraled towards the third trimester of what the unknown was. Thankfully, my year of maternity leave was amazing. I loved the role that I was in. I loved being mother. I enjoyed spending time with this beautiful being and it was amazing. But after that year, I did have to return back to work. And in doing so, the balance or trying to balance motherhood, working and feeling like you were not enough of a mother and not enough of a professional was a constant battle that ran through my head for years. Again, this time turning to manic overload. So not really running on anything, just going all the time, becoming sick with my hair falling out, uh, becoming quite skinny. And using sleeping pills to actually manage to get rest that I wasn't getting otherwise. This went on for several years, the spiraling of not enough in all realms of my life. It was exhausting. I was burnt out. I knew that I wanted a shift and change to do something bigger and better with myself. And yet I had no idea what that was. And one day, in September of 2016, a year before I turned, or sorry, a month before I turned 37, it all kind of came crashing down, which is normally where I jump to in my storytelling of my process. I had had two decades of gallbladder, in quotation marks, attacks, but every time I had gone for these gallbladder attacks, there was nothing there. There were no stones, but years and years of having these episodes two to three times a year and this episode happened at one of my friend's weddings i was in so much pain and in attendance by myself i actually had to take myself to emergency and i thought okay this time this time they're gonna find that my gallbladder is full they're going to remove it and this pain will be over and i'll be done and yet i went there and there was nothing 
the most excruciating pain. And yet this pain continued. And I went through months of pain daily. I had been prior to this training to enter my first Olympic weightlifting competition as a master's and was in incredible physical shape. But yet mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was broken. I ended up having to go off on leave from teaching. And daily, I experienced exhaustion, where I was sleeping 16 to 20 hours a day. I lost 15 pounds. The pallor of my skin ranged from yellow to gray. I had nausea that lasted all day long. And I had between two and six hours of intense and abdominal pain daily. I knew it was my liver. And yet, with every test that I went to, and I'm talking ultrasounds, colonoscopies, endoscopies, barium edemas, blood work, all of the scans came up that I was fine, and yet I was not fine. So I was frustrated and overwhelmed. And in the midst of it, I began to seek out alternative help. And I saw people who do more spiritual work like me. And every single one of them said, Suzanne, this is your path. You know that you're meant to do something like this and something bigger. And it's only in letting yourself die to what you were that you'll fully embrace who you're meant to be. And this was a repeated message. And so eventually I was going to be admitted for an MRI months down the road. And I had already spent about four to five months waiting and going through a battery of tests and, and just depleting myself. So we paid for me to go in for an MRI and they found that one of my liver ducts was actually constricted. Now, the specialist that I saw said, well, you have to get worse before we'll do a surgery that could increase your chances of you developing pancreatitis, which is fatal. And I said, I don't accept that. I don't accept that this is as good as it gets. And so I surrendered and surrendered and surrendered some more into my own healing on a very spiritual and energetic realm. The doctors not showing, knowing exactly what to do said, well, perhaps we'll schedule you in and take that damn gallbladder out already and see if that makes a difference. So if you know anything about Canadian healthcare, I had to wait another six months for that option to come along. And in the meantime, I kept doing my own spiritual work, learning, healing, and growing. At that point, I had taken my yoga teacher training, and I had taken my meditation teacher training and Reiki masters. It was at that time that I noticed that one of the moles on my abdomen was growing and becoming distorted and I knew something was wrong. And when I had it biopsied, we found out that I had malignant melanoma in stage two, right on my abdomen, close to all my vital organs, without knowing whether it had spread into my lymph system or not. So I knew there was nothing to be done of this, but to go through with the surgery which was booked 
in September and I went through with it and I always say it was so interesting to me that that was the day that my daughter's grade one class was running their Terry Fox run which is something that is done annually in order to raise funds for the Canadian Cancer Society and my poor daughter is knowing that her mum is having cancer removed on the day that they are running for cancer. It was an interesting time. <clears throat> and yet, I surrendered and surrendered and surrendered some more. From that point on, I began working with clients. I began taking more intuitive development courses and my life coaching. And every little bit that I worked with clients, they were amazed in what I was able to help them transform in their healing, in both the physical and mental, as well as spiritual and emotional realms. From there, I continued my training into age regression, past life regression, spirit releasement therapy, as well as neuro-linguistic programming. I have my own wealth of innate gifts that have reappeared I still don't see dead people, but I am in the place where I work with people internationally as well as in my home area, and I help them reclaim their own healing. I help them connect their body, mind, spirit, and I help them navigate the path to show up and live authentically aligned to their higher purpose and their high self. That's what one of my clients coined as an energy alchemist. She's like, you know, that's what you do is you alchemize. And it's true. I've had so much time and experience in my own alchemy that I can recognize it in others. So energy alchemy is, is what I dub this spiritual and energetic coaching that I do because I am able to help my clients transmute all of their pains, all of their hurts, all of their traumas, one layer at a time, and bring them to the light so that they can shine at their intended vibration. And so in sharing my story, it is only for you to know that I too walk the path. I am no better or more elevated than anyone else. I am still healing and growing, and I am still on my spiritual journey of ascending, which will never end until the day that I am out of this body. And so if I could give you three takeaways, this is what they are. Number one, your story shapes you, but you are not your story. You can choose to use that story as learning, growth, and healing to accelerate you in your expanded version of yourself. Number two, healing is a lifelong journey once you commit to start. It doesn't end. There is no expiration date, and I can't give you a six-month program or even a six-week program and say, check mark. Now you're done. You never have to heal anything again because part of being on this earth and living as a human is that we will continually have trials, tribulations, traumas, and suffering. It's how we surrender and navigate through. And number three, 
Spiritual evolution is constant and limitless when you commit to showing up authentically as yourself. And that's my commitment to you, that I will continue to show up authentically as myself in order to inspire and empower others to do the same on their path. I thank you so much for being here and listening. I welcome any feedback and we'll chat soon.